Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Semi-Soccer Expert Podcast, also known as the C Podcast. All right, we are on episode number 30. 30. 30. Oh. 3-0. Um, Adrian, any players with the number 30? Do, we, do any players even wear number 30? I'm sure. I'm sure some reserve players. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's more like the youngsters or reserve players. Of that matter, because 30 is like a unique number to wear outside. So, do you know what's special about 30? How about the year 30? The year 30. 1930. First World Cup? First World Cup. I knew that. Who won it? Uruguay, right? Uruguay. Meeting. Because it was hosted there. They were the the country twice, if I remember. They might have. No, I think that they only hosted it once. Okay, so maybe it was just the first one. Because I know I watched a short documentary about it and they did talk about like Uruguay and like how it came about, you know, the World Cup came to be. And because of that, um, you know, they had the planes weren't really as high profile and easy to use as back then in 1930. So pretty much people who came from Europe came on a boat over there to Uruguay and, you know, did the tournament there. So that's pretty interesting perspective to think of and how far technology wise we've came. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now it's it's definitely a bigger global event than uh than nineteen thirty. Uh, what was the final score of that game, though? Do you know? Was it was it Uruguay and Brazil? Oh no, no, that was nineteen fifty. Okay. For, uh, the final nineteen thirty was against Argentina and a four two win for Damn, Uruguay. I knew it was a South American country. I just forgot about Argentina. <laughs> All right, so um. Where today is June, what, June 11th. We're still in coronavirus pandemic. Uh, things are starting to ease up. Hopefully in New York. New York, uh, we just, New York City just entered phase one. Upstate New York is, uh, I think, on phase three, actually. Yeah, they're, like, other parts of New York are starting to touch two and three. They're looking to get back. Um, back on the road, you know, getting things back in order, which is good, you know, because they didn't really get affected as us here in New York City because we're we're more dense and close. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So New York, upstate New York, uh, they're doing better. Um, as far as we know, there hasn't been really any surges in New York, upstate New York. Meanwhile, other Our parts, of <laughs> other parts of the countries are surging a little bit. Yeah. But that's given because, you know, you give people a little bit too much freedom, all hell breaks loose. Do you give them an inch, they take a mile. Exactly. Um, all right. But since we are still in Corona's pandemic, MLS is finally coming back. That's the big story in the United States. Major League Soccer is back, but with a catch. Yes. It's not just back. They're actually going to, they're actually going to return on July 8th. Um, they're going to do a tournament. Instead of returning to the seasons the other football leagues are going to do, they're going to do a tournament similar to how the World Cup is in Disney, literally, Orlando, Florida. They're going to have all the teams. Um, 26 teams show up there and essentially play amongst each other into six different groups. It's, it's broken down from A all the way to F. So, But the thing is, it's a little more different because not all the, like, um, not the country, all the teams within their respective conference, East and West, are going to face amongst each other in the groups and then go out of that into the round of 16, etc. But the tricky thing, though, is 
it's not all even because you got 26 teams and you're doing it out of six. You can't get an even number out of that. So what they did is with their group A, they implemented six teams and then all the other groups. And mind you, group A is in the East. And then all the other groups have four teams and they're just going to face amongst each other. Right, right, right. So uh, I think uh, Nashville is actually playing. They're in the East for the rest of the year. <laughs> rest of the year. Uh, but they were originally uh, set to be in the West. Correct. But if they were going to be in the West, it would have been uneven. That's why they kept them in the East, which makes sense. Which I think they should stay in the East because given it's Tennessee, it's part of the East. Pretty, it's pretty right. Eastern. <laughs> it's pretty Eastern. Uh, I think Tennessee is in what you is it? Central, slightly Midwest, but I, I feel like it's way more East Coast than anything. No, no, it's definitely East, East, uh, more Eastern state. All right. So we finally got MLS back. Um, how, how the reception of this, to of this format, I think has been mixed. Um, based on what I've seen on social media, I see that people are excited to have soccer back, but they're also like, what is this? This is dumb. Yada, yada, yada. But, uh, I, I've been, I think a little more towards, Hey, we, we got something back, yes. you know? Um, I think. The other issue is Florida currently right now is experiencing a surge because they allowed people out for Memorial Day weekend. And as you know, the virus has a two-week incubation period. So that was the big criticism of doing the tournament, especially in Orlando, is that Florida has now experienced a surge. Yeah. That's the only con that I can see about this whole tournament being based in Florida because Florida is just not the most safest state Corona-wise, because there are, you know, there's so many beaches out there. There's so so much to do out there, and like parks, amusements, even Disney's planning to open up soon. But I think hopefully, with much thought and consideration, because MLS is not the only sports organization that's going to be playing out of Disney. You got the NBA too coming out at the end of July, and they're going to start their season there. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be segregated. I don't know how big exactly Disney is. I'm not a Disney fanatic. I'm just, you know, I just watch Marvel for the most part. But overall, um, I think it's still something that should be talked about and should be discussed. And hopefully MLS has a foolproof plan. But mind you, we're talking about the MLS. So, you know, it's just, it's just like a lot of consideration you have to get, put in and a lot of thought and just hoping that everyone is safe during this time. So, so there, there is a lot, like you said, um, especially in terms of the segregation between NBA players and staff and MLS players and staff. Um, so the thing, the thing right now is in Florida, everything's very relaxed, right? But now if you think about the two headquarters of, the both, of both, uh, leagues, they're in New York city where the regulations are relaxed on top of that, you have owners who are scattered across the country and some across the world well, of these major league teams. So you have the league offices saying one thing you have owners that might say a different thing. And then you have the state of Florida that it uh, looks like they don't care. Um, you know, so, so speaking of the, the actual facility-wise, um, the e, I think it's the ESPN. Um, studio? Called, no, it's not, it's not the studio. It's called some ESPN. It's a complex. World like ESPN World of Sports. That's what it is. I think, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. ESPN World. It's a huge complex. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a massive, massive complex because you have – the soccer fields, you have the NBA courts, you have baseball diamonds, you have tennis courts. It's, it's a massive 
a sporting facility, you know, and the fact that ESPN is going to have, you know, full access to the MLS and the NBA is, is, is crazy. Uh, I think MLS was already on, on ESPN. NBA, on the other hand, was not so much because I think their rights are split between uh, TNT, right? And was it Fox Sports? No, it's not Fox Sports. A, NBA is uh, TNT. NBA is also on TNT. TNT. Yeah. ESPN and there's one other channel. I think ABC. Yeah. Well, yeah. ESPN, Which ABC, the thing. Was the, but you know, going back to um, what you said about the segregation, I don't, I don't see it so much as a problem. I feel like more the individual is going to go and might mingle with somebody else, you know. I think that's more of the concern there. But I think, I think it should, should work fine. I don't see it being a problem because, again, especially all of these players are being tested. All the staff is being tested. Uh, I don't think any major – there was no major news of an MLS player uh, testing positive for coronavirus, was there? No, not that I know of. I can remember – I know there were the players from the NBA, from the Utah Jazz, that tested positive, and I'm sure by now that they're pretty much good to go. Yeah. And the other thing, too, with the NBA also returning back on the positive thing is because their season was coming to a close, they're not going to have all the teams, you know, going to Disney. They're just going to finish out the season um, with the teams that are bound for the playoffs and whatever teams that are left, like for the eighth spot, who can qualify. Are being are being invited to join over there, so you are limiting some of the teams out there. I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know yeah. So I that's think- that's the whole thing with the NBA. They're like before this whole thing went down, they were really close to the playoffs, like a week or two away from entering the playoffs. I think they were two weeks away from playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with the NBA, you have like eight C teams in the West, eight C teams in the East, and because of that, um, they were trying to gather as much teams as they can so they can finalize the season there. But they just thought, like, hey, we'll just bring in, like, one or two teams who will have a chance of qualifying for the eighth spot to be invited as well. And they're just going to do, like, um, regular games there in, in Disney just to conclude and then take off with the playoffs right after. I feel like it's going to be a really exciting time, honestly. It is, this, this is a unique situation. And, like, pretty much like your shirt, the Copa America Centenario, this is a very unique situation that we're probably never going to see again because you're going because this pandemic you're causing MLS and NBA to play literally in the same facility. Um, more than likely, MLS is going to be outdoors and NBA is indoors. But at the same time, you they're going to be so close to home that you you can see like different interactions. Hopefully, they. If I'm the MLS, I would love to do some marketing with the NBA. You have them right there next to your doorstep. You know, so take full advantage of that. Like, try to get some players together. But, you know, within close proximity and just making sure that all the players are, are clean, nothing, you know, coronavirus um, <clears throat> coronavirus related. So that was that's something I would do, you know, from a marketing perspective. And hopefully they should do that. I think, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an opportunity where they both can capitalize on each other. And you also have to think about, like, there is already a close relationship between basketball and soccer, you know. Correct. Especially NBA players mingling with the players in Europe, you know there is a big bond there. Now I don't see a lot of MLS players uh, interacting with NBA players, but I think this is an opportunity. You know, 
both sports like each other. Yeah. It's not like they, they embrace each other. It's, there's, a, there's a common brotherhood, I, I would say. You know, you'll see Neymar plenty of times at a courtside at a, at a Knicks game or whatever. And then you obviously you have Michael Jordan sponsoring PSG. So there is a, a definitely an opportunity for any PR marketing executive to say, hey, let's do something with each other, you know? And what I've been reading, my photo cut you off, but what I've been reading as well from an ESPN article is that um, both of like the commissioners, Adam Silver and Don Garber, have been speaking closely in regards to um, a possible interaction amongst the leagues. Because given that you're going to be in Disney, you're going to be right there, this should be something to do. So hopefully that is something to be picked up on. Absolutely. I, mean, I think I think MLS is going to benefit the most out oh, yeah. of it. And that's the good thing about this. And it was a smart – and I applaud MLS for this. Going back to the start of the formation of the tournament, this is a smart move because, you know, we still haven't had sports back at 100%. Nowhere near it. We're barely like 10 15% in with just soccer and just limited sports outside of that. Um, with this whole tournament and the, given that it's a World Cup feature to it, I feel like this is going to benefit MLS a lot, and that's featured on on ESPN because you're going to attract not just like you know your regular fans and everything. You're going to attract a lot of casuals, and hopefully with that you get a lot of traffic, and potentially. And I and I was speaking with this about with Marco yesterday. Is like the Yanks sure love a fucking tournament, so you know they might have like find a team that they might want to select. May not be their local team, but a team that'd be like, hey, this team is cool. Like I want to pick it. Hopefully they win, etc. So I feel like that's something that, you know, should really be thought of and hopefully is a benefit thing for MLS too. You're right. I think we also have to think about that there is no no other sports going on right now in the United States. You know, baseball, baseball is nowhere near um, reaching an agreement with the players. The owners are nowhere near um, at, a, at a – they're still at a standpoint with the players. So yeah. they're not going to come back anytime soon. I haven't heard anything about hockey. I think uh, hockey is going to come back because, like the NBA, they have the same type of schedule. Right. So I think they're going to return for the playoffs and then, you know, run that off and end the season as is. Well, I, NFL is looking like they're going to return because they're good. They don't have to return back to like July. Well, July is coming up soon, but like August when their camps start up and everything goes into fruition. Definitely, they're definitely not going to be uh, playing playing in the full stadiums. And oh, yeah, no, 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 no fans. I don't think any fans to at least September, October. So, but, you know, going back to that point is that since there is no other thing to watch, the casual American is going to have to watch some soccer. And have to watch some good footy on the telly. <laughs> uh, again, but I think MLS starting up, it's a good thing. We'll see how far it gets, especially since Florida is surging. Yeah. Um, I would hate to see that <clears throat> because of what's going on in Florida that they have to shut down again. Same thing with the NBA. Um, my understanding with the NBA is that they're going to finish the playoffs and then roll right into the following season. Um, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, NBA is going to start like end of July, early August. By the time playoffs usually t- – playoffs go from like – at the end of March into April, all the way till June. So it kind of makes sense because if you're doing it like that and they do the regular schedule, it'll go from August to like 
September, October. They're still, yeah. still so, going to do, um, do, like, five-game, seven-game series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, considering how they're going to do that, I think – I th- and that's my thing, too, because MLS is doing their tournament, and they're starting the season right at, up after that, which is fine and dandy. But I feel like, given the tournament you're doing, I hope they don't go with the full season. They just pick up the season for what they're supposed to play around that time in, like, August when it's supposed to wrap up because – it can't do a full season after that, which should make sense because, you know, there's so many games that these guys can play and doing a whole tournament. I feel like after the tournament finishes, they should get at least a week or two off to, you know, strength, you recover, rest and all that, and then go full strength on for the rest of the season. Absolutely. hundred percent. Now the, the players, the players need some rest. The, the staff needs rest, you know, yeah, cause it's not, not going to be easy. Go straight through. Cause if they go straight through, especially with the NBA as well, Considering with the playoffs and the finals, for example, if the Lakers, you know, go all the way to the finals and then they win it and then they start the season like two weeks later, there's going to be a lot of fatigue and a lot of injuries. That's the other thing that um, I think is going to be a con because you got a whole season, like 81 games right after, after you just played throughout the whole summer, you didn't get rest. Granted, we were off during this whole coronavirus thing, but you know, I think there's just a limit how much the human body can do from playing. Like, it'll be like a whole year straight, essentially. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, anything else regarding MLS going back? Um, did you see? But did you see who the who was in the groups? I saw. I saw the group of death. I think it was what LA Galaxy, LAFC, yeah. Portland, and Houston all together. Yep. That's pretty tough. I didn't see which one the Rebels. I didn't really look at the groups. I haven't gotten a chance to look at them. No, it's it has like the group stages itself is very interesting because they like NYCFC is with the whole group of six. So, and that was my confusion about when they had that one team of um, well, not team, that whole group of like six teams all in one. But I think they they broke it down to a way where each team plays three different teams and it you know it makes it be, it benefits every team because one team does not play an extra team or or let one lesser team so i think they found you know the schematic in that which is fine but I'm also i also think it came down to a vote between the owners and the yeah. gms there's definitely i mean you know there's pros and cons of having six six teams you know you have more games to play more chances to to gain points but then obviously more chance to lose. Yeah. It, it really depends on how you see it. Um, it's funny they throw NYCFC into that into that group because they're the only ones who still don't want to get a damn stadium. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, because they're with Orlando, Miami, Philly, Chicago, and Nashville. So that's five different teams. And the other, other local team, the Red Bulls, it's actually – it can be considered a group of death too because they're with Atlanta – Cincinnati and Columbus. So that's, that's a pretty path. That can be. Columbus is, you know, always terrorizing them. Atlanta is Atlanta. Cincinnati, okay. Oh, Atlanta is the only dark horse there. Mm. Only dark horse. Cincinnati is okay. But Cincinnati Columbus is though. You can't, huh. can't knock them out. All right. But anything else regarding MLS? I haven't seen much news. Um, they did, didn't they do the draft too? During the home no, they did the draft? baseball draft. I, I seen oh, that. It was the baseball draft. Yeah, I know the baseball draft was yesterday. All right. So leagues are starting up. 
La Liga just started today. Yes. Um, during during this recording, I was able to – well, before this recording, I was able to see Sevilla against Real Betis, 2-0 um, to Sevilla. Um, pretty interesting game. You could tell, like, a lot of these players, like, they're not match fit yet. And by that is what I mean is, like, a lot of these players, granted, they play – they're on the same team. They've been – they know some of the players. They've been, you know, doing practice sessions, all that. But they, a lot of them are rusty. A lot of passes are not, like, you know, very precise and everything else that goes along with it. And I think that's the struggle that we're going to see. Um, Germany, too, you can tell when they started back in the Bundesliga, but I think they're starting to get a niche on it. Um, that a lot of teams are starting, you know, they're starting to get used to, like, an actual 11v11 against another team. Once they get, like, a lot of these games that are going on right now is pretty much glorified friendlies. Hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah, these, these players aren't match fit. Uh, but, you know, glorified friendlier than that, even though there might be an asterisk at the end of the title, there's still title to play for. Yeah. You know, uh, I think, when is the EPL supposed to start? Next Thursday. Next Thursday, right? Manchester United versus Tottenham. Versus Tottenham? Yep. That's the good, good, hit the floor running. Yeah, I know, seriously. But, you know, as a Manchester United fan, you, you're going to see Rashford back, Pogba back, and we got Bruno Fernandes. So, it's an I, interesting dynamic. I think uh, Pogba was supposedly injured, right? Correct? Yeah, he, he, I think he hurt his, um, I don't know if it was a calf or something along that region. I think, I think this is, was, for many teams, you know, a, uh, a blessing in disguise. You yeah. have a lot of players that were injured. I know Barcelona had a lot of players injured. Luis Suarez, I think, was just... Suarez is on the mend. He's almost back. He's on the right. He's almost back. Dembele was also ruled out for like five months. I think he may have a month left. And same thing for from Real Madrid, um, Marco Asensio. He was on the beginning of the season, and he's on his way back as well. All right. Uh, he tore he tore his AC on the beginning of the season. Yeah, he did. But there's a lot of um, news, and the, the commentators were saying Asensio is looking to be almost 100 percent back already. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. <clears throat> Again, very uh, blessing in disguise with these teams. There's a team that, you know, kind of sticks out to me is uh, Leganes from Spain. Now, if you remember the beginning of the uh, – not in the beginning, sometime in February, they poached uh, – Barcelona poached a player from Leganes. They paid out his buyout clause outside of the transfer window because Barcelona was having injury problems, right? Yep. La Liga allowed Barcelona to do that. And Leganes, hey, hey, you're poaching one of our best strikers. We want to do the same because we need a striker. And now, um, what's it called? The Federation did not allow Leganes to do that. Uh, I forgot the name of the player. I think, oh, man, I, I forgot the name of the player. But I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. And now, they're probably – I think that was a loan deal. That was not a – a buyout clause. I'm sorry, I said buy. Uh, they they pay the guy buyout clause. I think it was a loan deal. Does that player now return back to Leganes? Because I'm pretty sure we're in the middle of June. The season normally would be a month done by now. Does that player return, or does he have to play out La Liga, the La Liga season, which might last until what August? I think they're saying. Yeah, yeah, because La Liga starts back in in August, like 
early August. So this is the name of the player, Martin um, Brainwise. Oh. I'm probably butchering his name. But, yeah, so th- that was the situation. He he was pretty much a last-minute buy after um, going to Barcelona. He was a buy. Hmm? He was a buy or was a loan deal? I think it was a buy. Okay. I think it was a buy. But regardless of that, um, <clears throat> so he he was he was in Leganes, Barcelona Bars by applause, and now he's just there, um, just pretty much in limbo because at this point he doesn't know if he's just gonna stay in Barcelona or, you know, what's the you know what's the deal with him because if he's gonna play anywhere else, that's still you know to be contemplated. Like I've been looking at articles, there's not really much that they're talking about his situation, but it is something to talk about, like in the near future and see how this picks up. Right. So, like, the reason why I bring him up is also he's not the only player. As you know, it's, you know, a lot of major – all your European team players have loan deals. Yeah. You know, they're contractually obligated to return those players or buy those players. Now, because of this whole coronavirus thing, because the world was put on pause, is UEFA, is the court arbitrator of sports, are they mandating these contracts be fulfilled? Or are these players allowed to stay in their clubs till the season ends? Because remember, you know, there might be a date on that contract, but it is assumed that it, you're going to finish out the season by that date. So that that's, I think uh, they brought it up with the Bundesliga since it started first, that, you know, especially Bayern has a lot of loan players as Bayern go return those players. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's something that has to be amended, obviously, because you buy a lot of these players and granted the transfer window is almost ending or it's going to not end, but um, their loan deals end at a certain time. And then the transfer windows opens up pretty much around now. And especially if you want to buy and buy a certain amount of players. But it's so tricky, especially because you're dealing with Europe and so many different leagues opened up and, you know, they were starting to play at certain different times. So you don't know when, like, the last league is going to finish up their season. We don't know as of yet because we're, we're, in the middle, we're in the middle of June. This can go up until, like, end of July, essentially. Right. Even early August. Um, so that's, that's the unpredictability going on right now. Right. I mean – Look at look at uh uh Philip Coutinho. Yeah, he's he's in limbo. <clears throat> he's in limbo, but he's been playing well for for Bayern. He wants to stay there, apparently. He wants to stay there, but does Barcelona say, "Hey, you're still on loan from us. Come back, come good." <laughs> or does he stay because they he's been staying longer past the contract, and is the contract broken now? There's a lot of things that need to be addressed. I think they might have, like, probably his agent and team probably got together and just, like, did, like, an extension of his current loan deal. And I think that's what's been going on right now, with like, with a lot of players and their current, you know, loan deals. It's because, you know, like, the since the season has been going on, a lot of the players that have been loaned out, for example, at Man- Manchester United, um, we had Igalo. He was alone because we couldn't buy him in time because it's so last minute. And and the good thing with the Chinese club he was at, they were we they were able to extend it to January. So essentially, we have him for the rest of the season and pretty much for the beginning of next season until the transfer window opens back up in the winter. All right. Um, 
so now that we're, we're starting up the leagues, what do you think is now the perspective of the French League and the Dutch League who outright canceled their season? Yeah, they, they were just like, screw you guys. We're not opening up, we're not opening up that ship. So I don't know. Um, I, but that's the other thing I, I was going to ask you about too, especially with the French League, because you got PSG and they're in the Champions League. So <laughs> what happens with that? Because Champions League is still technically not done with. Not with done the, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they and the thing with Champions League is they're they're doing um the the UEFA they're trying to do a proposed format in regards to this. They with uh with the final eight teams after they finish up the round the remainder of the round of sixteen because there's still four four games to go. You still got the second leg of City of Madrid, um, Juve and Lyon, Barcelona and Napoli, and Bayern with the Rempoys, Chelsea, um to finish up. So and then you have the other four teams that already went through. So what's been proposed is that the final eight teams do a tournament style, similar to what MLS is doing right now, um, in either Lisbon or probably in Germany. They're trying to figure a neutral country that can host all the teams and just do, I guess, like a tournament, um, whatever, like round of eight knockoffs. Not knockoffs, but because two legs, champions, I forget. Right. So it's two legs, you do those, and then you advance and you advance and you advance. So if you're PSG... And you haven't played a single game, league game at all. What the fuck happens when they call, you, call up for Champions League? Well, you know, it, it's, it's a problem to con because if you think about it, they have all this time to prepare just for Champions League. They do. Their starters are going to be freshly, fresh legs for the Champions League. But they haven't been playing competitive football since March. Yeah. So that's the, that's the flip side of it. Three months without active competition. Without active serious competition, because again, they could go play friendlies with any of the any of those French league teams. You know, if if that other team is not in the Champions League, because there is no other French team in the Champions League right now, is Marseille still in the Champions League? No. 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 Lyon is. Sorry, it was Lyon. Lyon, right? Lyon. Lyon was out. Is out. Right. No, they still have one more game against Juventus. Oh, oh, right, right. I think uh, they won that game, right? Leon, I have to double check. I'll get back to you on that. But you were saying? So my thing is, is like, <clears throat> PSG and Leon can play all the friendlies they want, but the other team is not going to be playing competitive football because they have nothing to play for. Correct. Yeah, actually, Leon won the first leg 1-0 against well, no. Who Right. And I think for Leon. Memphis, no, Memphis Defy is still out. He tore his ACL as well, but he is still, he's still going to be out. He won't be in time. Yeah, Defy is out. But again, so Lyon has something to play for. PSG has something to play for. But the other French teams have to play. have nothing to play for. There is no competitiveness there. But then you go to the other side, Juve, um, Bayern, Atletico Madrid, those teams – they will be playing competitive football. Yep. They'll be ready, but they won't be fresh. Correct. So it's a pro and a con. To be honest, I would rather be PSG, prepared. Really? You know, Even though you haven't played any real team on, up until then, and then you have to potentially face a Manchester City in your next round. I, I, think, I think it would be much better if they do proper training – Proper tactics. If they if they do everything right, 
because they have time. They do. You know, time is the – to me, time is, like, an invaluable asset. If you have time, they can do it. Um, not to say the other teams, it, you know – They just got to scrimmage against each other like fucking crazy, though. That's the one thing. Well, not because crazy, you, but you also – at the same team. time, you, you, need, you need to, like, get that in-game, you know, activity because if – because you're going to go straight to a big Champions League, big, big game, like, right off the bat. So, and you don't have time to prepare. So, I well, think that okay. could be detrimental to them. So, I get I get what you're saying, but... The other flip side. Yeah, I, exactly. Now, one thing that we didn't talk about is the actual rules in Europe. I think during this pandemic, all the countries closed their borders. Even yeah. though they are freely European Union, they, they travel freely, I, I'm pretty sure they closed the borders. We have to see if Europe opens its borders in August. Now, I think they're saying they are, but who knows? You don't know if there's going to be another spike. And then, yeah. you know, so that's, that's the other issue with that. No, I get you on that. And I, but I see that they're, that's why they want to do either Lisbon or probably Germany because I feel like UEFA <laughs> has a strong relationship with those countries that they can get an agreement to host a tournament out there and to get the other teams. So what a lot of, and not just with soccer, but like um, what UFC has done as well, especially with fighters who live like out of state or anything of that matter, they they provide chartered flights for them so they can get to wherever they need to into their destination. So I feel like that's going to have to be the only source of like travel. Well, I mean, you can, you can provide charter flights, but it's up to the customs. You know, they still have to go through customs. They still have to cross an international border mm-hmm. to see if they let them in or not. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure they cleared that off, though, with the country. Now, look at, look at I think, Eng, England left the European Union. What, what English team is the Liverpool still in it, technically, right? No, Liverpool got knocked out by Atletico. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, City, wait, City has to play against Madrid. They won the first leg. And then Bayern against Chelsea. I believe Bayern won that first leg as well. So potentially the the only like two English teams that are left are going to be knocked out so, more so, than likely. <laughs> so I think Real Madrid has to go to to England, right? So will you know? Yeah, they had to go to Manchester because the first leg was at the Bernabeu. The Bernabeu, right? So are they going to allow? You know, Spanish citizens. You know, are they going? Is the British government going to allow England? Uh, the Spanish government, the English government is going to allow Real Madrid inside. I think for the for those leftover around the sixteen, they're going to have to do it at the neutral setting. I mean, the neutral, yeah, the neutral facilities. Okay. Because so so now same thing. Yeah. Is the government of Portugal or Germany going to allow the the British the UK a non EU country? into their borders. That's UEFA's problem. They're going to have to sort that out because... Sort that out, right. Yeah, because if they're going to have to do this, I'm pretty sure they're aware of what teams and whatever's left, uh, you know, what whatever leftover ramification they have to deal with, especially with the last four games that they couldn't finish with around the 16. They have to get that sorted out. Um, I've recently... That's why I saw this proposed format. I saw it from yesterday in an article online. And, well... We don't know, and that's why I'm saying it's that's why there's no been no real noise or confirmation from UEFA because Europe is still recovering. That's why 
um, La Liga, EPL, Serie A, all these other um, leagues are starting to come back because they're all domestic. Right, right. Yeah. And they're taking protocol. So not, but when you're dealing with something with um, champions, and not even Champions League, you know, I didn't even put in Europa League. And United are in Europa League as well. So that's another kind of worm UEFA is going to have to deal with after Champs League. You have Europa League, but you also have the Continental Hockey League. You have, uh, the, what is it, the Euro Basketball? Yeah, FIBA. So those are other things that need to be considered. Um, where was my point? Where I forgot where my train of thought was. Um, <laughs> the other last thing I want to point out is, are these domestic leagues going to be over by the time the Champions League starts? Now, I have a feeling it may cross over. Imagine, imagine you're, you are Bayern Munich and they decide to play in Lisbon. You got five to Lisbon and then fly back for, for a domestic game. There's, you know, the flights right now are not as numerous and as consistent as they were before the pandemic yeah you know is this a viable option you know the, the domestic leagues have to finish because otherwise they have to travel by bus and traveling from germany to, to portugal is yeah that's, that's 10 hours more huh? no i remember i traveled from rome to munich and that took like 12 hours on a bus so right. they have to go through i think you have to go through the alps yeah but what about the Italian teams? Juventus has to travel through the Alps to Portugal, and then they have to drive back to play Torino. Yeah, no. You know, it's it's a it's a lot of logistics it's a hassle that need to be uh uh figured out. Yeah, and hopefully the UEFA does figure something out because we're starting to get crunched. This is starting to become crunch time, and like when the new season spots start up too. So I think they have like you know they pretty they have their hands filled with this, um, but I I'm hoping that we can get Champions League sorted out because I am curious to see who would be the best team in Europe you know given the status of you know the pandemic we're in it's I still love to see a Champions League final, um, but I don't think we're just gonna see one until end of August or September to be honest. So where was the Champions League final this year supposed to be held? Oh, Turkey. Istanbul. Istanbul. Okay. And and they can't do Istanbul because Turkey is not letting anybody in. Around. Anybody in. So that's the other thing. Yeah. There, I'm sure there's a a contract with with whatever arena they were going to do in Istanbul, and think about all the local small businesses that might it's have get flooded with all that money out there. That money that that will probably that would probably Curious. give some type of contract and not long, longer happening. I'm sure way for way ahead of time, plans like logistics, hotels, food, catering, with small companies, this way for still, you know, pay out, even though it's not these small business fault, it's not their fault. But what happens? Yeah, I don't a lot know. of things need to be figured out. Yep, sounds um, like a lot. You know, it's going to be in court for a long time. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, working overtime, man. Yeah. Yeah, now that, that and that's the thing. That's the unpredictability. Because given this pandemic, you, um, we, we a lot of people got time off. But now this is like when everything is starting to get back together. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna progress? Um, what's the what's the plan going forward? Like, there's still a lot of questions going on, and you know, we're still we still don't know. <laughs> so, 
Um, like I said, we're, I'm fortunate enough to get that we're going to get back EPL next week and La Liga's back and Serie A's back within the week as well. So we got like most of European soccer nearly back into its full completion. Oh, yeah, and the Portuguese League, can't forget about that. They're back as well. Um, and MLS too, you know, the whole tournament. So I feel like this is going to be an interesting summer to say the least, man. And I'm pretty excited, though, like, given, like, with the pandemic and everything. But, you know, we're going to have a summer full of soccer. Instead, we, we didn't get the Euros. We didn't get Copa America. But we got, you know, a lot of soccer going to occupy for the rest of this It's going to be an interesting summer. All right, Adrian. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we finish? Um, that's pretty much it, my man. Um, touched all our bases. Um, I'm just excited to see what, what other games we got left. And, you know, congrats. We did 30. Let's go for 70 more, man. Let's, Let's go, go for, for that 100. More. Yep. All right. So long, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Likewise. Thank you, everyone.